Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local, sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce your host of Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, welcome everyone to another episode of Business Talk. Uh, We have a terrific show for you today. I can't wait to get to it. But I will, because first we need to hear this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF equal housing lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we are back. It is September. We are moving along with our year. Hope everybody had a great Labor Day. Uh, we have with us uh, today as our guest, Mark Rivers. Uh, he is the event producer for an event called Hooplandia, which we're going to learn all about in a minute. Mark, how are you? Good. Good to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming on our show. We really appreciate it. Hooplandia, that is a name that people first started hearing about, uh, oh, I'm going to guess three years ago now. 2019, that's right. And then they, they didn't hear it again for a <laughs> long time. Uh, yeah. This is a giant three-on-three basketball tournament, uh, collaboration between the Big E and the Basketball Hall of Fame that you were instrumental in bringing about. Uh, it was an event that um, captured the imagination of the region. Everybody was looking forward to it. And then, boom, the pandemic hit. And now, now we're kind of resetting, turning back the clock, if you will, uh, and putting on this event again. I, I want to spend a lot of time today talking about what, Hooplandia is, why it's important for this region, and kind of what we can look forward to uh, moving forward in terms of a timetable and all those good things. So sure. let's just start with, with the concept itself. This is your brainchild. This is a Mark Rivers. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for better or for worse, Lam. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, Hooplandia is a is a giant three on three basketball tournament played outdoors. We played uh, June 23rd to the 25th of 2023, largely on the grounds of the Eastern States Exposition, uh, the home of the Big E Fair. And there will be some games played at the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame as well. Basketball games for teams of all ages and skill types um, played on essentially a half court. Um, and three-on-three basketball, we'll talk about that too, George, I guess, is what's happened with the emergence of three-on-three basketball is kind of a sub-segment sub, uh, of the basketball sport itself. But the genesis of this really goes back to an event that I've had a certain familiarity with in Spokane, Washington, called Hoop Fest that was started by some local uh, folks there 40-plus years ago and has morphed into essentially the largest basketball celebration in the world in terms of participation, Uh, a three-on-three basketball game that completely engulfs the entire region for the same weekend that our event would be happening in June, kind of the weekend when when kids are out of school and before summer starts in earnest for a lot of folks who might vacation or head off to the beach or mountains or wherever they might go. And um, I've always just been captivated by that event. It's just extremely well organized uh, and it's become a part of the fabric and culture of that community. And it is their largest, this is their signature tourism and visitation event and has major economic development implications for that community. 
And I'm just always struck by how how terrific it is and, and how meaningful it is for that community. And yet at the same time, that community doesn't have even remotely comparable bones or legacy or DNA around basketball that Greater Springfield does. And, and it just, uh, I've always been motivated by this idea that if there was ever any community in the world that should have a preeminent competitive basketball festival and participatory tournament of the largest scale, it should be Springfield. And, um, and so here we are, you know, we started in 2019 and, you know, got sidetracked in 2020 in 2021, both times, literally by flare-ups, I think, in, in, in COVID at the time, and then, you know, because it takes almost a year to, to plan ahead, we didn't, we weren't sure where it would land for 2021, and, and so here we are now in 2022, planning it for 2023. So uh, we feel comfortable that we'll be able to execute, and um, we've got a lot of good momentum so far, and and uh, sometimes you have to wait. To, to do the right thing and the best thing. So we're, we're, our fingers are crossed that will be both the right thing and the best thing. Okay. Three years is a, a long time to kind of dust off plans and, yeah. and move forward. Uh, it Obviously the concept is there. Uh, is it a concept that you believe in? Because it obviously yeah. it would have been easy for a lot of the players involved to just say, this has become too much. It's become too difficult. This is just not going to happen. But uh, it seems like it just made so much common sense that uh, we could survive all that we've survived for the last three years. Is that yeah. essentially how it went? I, I, it is. I mean, we kept, you know, unfortunately, we just kept reading the tea leaves of what was happening in the, the community at the time. And, you know, whether there was literally quarantines or public health warnings or group gathering warnings, you know, the, the Big E Fair itself was canceled. Um, you know, so we kind of had to work around all those things and the timing of it. You know, you had you just have to. An event like this, you have to give yourself enough time for people to plan and 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 gear up for it as well. You know, not just on the logistics side, but for people to plan their teams and if they're going to play and where they're going to visit from or whatever else. But you know, we're we're lucky. I I think one thing underlying all of this that excites me is just the notion that two of this region's sort of titans of entertainment and experience and community and culture and visitation and things are actually working together on a, on a project in which they, which we've sort of created this real common bond. You know, it's like, I, I don't think you'd think before that necessarily the, the Hall of Fame and the Big E have a lot in common other than their general, you know, support of the community. And, and they're, they're both attractions, of course, but the idea that they each bring these really terrific strengths to an event like this, that one plus one equals three, is, is really compels me, you know? So, you know, oftentimes when you talk about large scale events, community events like this, you know, I've, I've gone to Spokane many times. I've played at Spokane. I've played as a, as a participant. Um, you know, you see what it takes to mobilize it, closing down streets and renting porta potties and, you know, staging and this and that. And the other thing, it's like, as great as that is in downtown Spokane, the campus for basketball play isn't even, it's it's not nearly the campus that the that the, the Eastern States Big E Fairgrounds offers, you know. So it's which is just this you know wonderful little pedestrian scale campus of buildings and places and spaces that's just really charming. And we don't have to rent porta potties. We don't have to build concession stands. We don't have to rent parking lots. You know, we don't have to. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. go rent state uh, fencing and all those other things that literally 
the fairgrounds infrastructure can provide anything and almost anything and everything we would need to execute this event. And then when you add the the the, the legacy and the cultural um, and reach and the impact of the Hall of Fame and its whole community and ecosystem to that, I think we have the makings of something that could and should be special. All right. Before we get into what this means for the region and, and what we expect to happen, talk a little bit about three on three basketball. This is now an Olympic sport. It's caught on with yep. people of all ages. Uh, are you going to have a tired, washed up old uh, magazine editor division for people like me? That would be the OG division, George. OG and division. yeah, we'll be happy to sign you up. Uh, <laughs> uh, I need the uh, the worst six foot two inch tall basketball player in the world, probably. But that's, okay. that's well. That's, you, that's a, there's a place for all of us. I'm six you, four, and and uh, yeah, I used to play, but you know I'm kind of a little washed up mid fifties today. Um, you know, three what do, what do you basketball. need to succeed in three on three? You need a tall guy, a, a yeah, defensive actually, player, you know, you, a, a, a a field general, who do you need? What do you need on your team? Well, I, th- I think you need to have a really good understanding of half court, of a half court game. I mean, one nice thing about three on three is, you know, you're, you're not, you know, guys like us at our age, we don't have to run, run up the court in the fast break or run back to play defense. <laughs> you know, you're only playing on a half a court. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit easier on the conditioning, but uh, that the half court game has a, it, it's, it's a great, symmetry and geometry and movement to the half court game because it's not full court, you know, with pick and roll and outside shooting and inside and out and all those sorts of things. Um, and as you said, yes, it is now an Olympic sport. It's an international sport played by countries against each other. We've had teams uh, that have represented the United States in international competitions. Um, you know, some of those teams have actually on, on the women's side in particular, they've had a lot of UConn players from this corridor who've played played at that level. And, um, you know, and we're seeing, you know, for us, we'll have divisions that can that can really speak to play at all sorts of levels and ages and skills. Right. So one of our things is kids eight and eight and under will play for free. There'll be no registration fee for them. Rosters are a team of four. You play three at a time. And but we'll have teams up through middle school, junior high school, high school, college, post college. We'll have a wheelchair division. We'll have a special Olympics division. We'll have a veterans division, a first responders division. Um, so it will actually get some really interesting competition among different segments of, of people. And again, uh, men and women, of course, both. Um, I've even predicted, I think we'll probably actually have more women's and, and, and girls teams actually in the first year than, than men's and boys, just because of the strength of the sport in, uh, among girls and women in, in New England in particular. And, um, and, and so, you, you know, good level competition at the event itself will kick off on the, on a Friday night, but games will principally be played on Saturday and Sunday. Each team is guaranteed at least three games during that, that, that two day period. So you, you know, if you're going to come in, you're not going to play once one, it's not one and done, you're eliminated and that was it. Now you'll play at least three times and, and we'll build a festival environment around the, the play. So it's, you know, whether it's food or entertainment or music or, some shopping or some other little attractions, we think it'll be pretty engaging and interactive, which is really the point of it. It's, it's, it's a basketball fair and tournament and no better place to do it than, than at the preeminent fairgrounds in the Northeast. Okay. 
You're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local and sponsored by People's Bank. We're talking with Mark Rivers. He is the event producer for Hooplandia, giant three-on-three basketball tournament coming to this region, finally, uh, next June. So, for the first year, I believe we're expecting 1,000 teams. Is that what we're hoping? We're targeting about 1,000 teams, which would be 4,000 players, right? Four to a roster. We'll uh, erect about 70 courts on the mm-hmm. between the between the fairgrounds and there will be some games played at the hall of fame which is really attractive and really you know very special opportunity that not a lot of people will have um, um so that, that that'll be exciting but that that that's our objective and we'll start off with some some preliminary activities on friday june 22nd i guess is the date and then games played in earnest um uh, the 23rd and 24th. I got to make sure I have those dates right. <laughs> so how many uh, people should we expect to be in Springfield for that weekend? I think we'll have um, several thousand, you know, all together. If we're able to recruit teams, as I expect we will from throughout the Northeast, um, you know, it's um, again, Spokane for as, as a comparable has had 40 years to work at it, but right. you know, I've, I've literally in going to that event um, have found a community that did not have available hotel rooms that did not have available uh, airline seats into the market that um, uh, that would have caravans of vehicles driving into the community with the back windows painted out or, you know, stenciled out, you know, uh, hoop fest or bust, you know, with a team or a family, you know, driving into the market. And I think that's, again, I think that's one of our, has always been one of our objectives here is to to create something that will be over time, um, you know, a true economic beacon of sorts and, and um, support this, the visitor economy in in Western Mm -hmm. Massachusetts. And it has the opportunity to do that. Talk about that that process uh we obviously have goals that first year a thousand teams four thousand players friends relatives coming with them what happens then how do we transform this into something much larger something like spokane how long does that take how long do we think it might take and what is that process of building on that first year and then those years following that how do you become spokane I, I, it's a great question, and I think you. I think it will take a few years, of, of course, to do that. Um, we have a we have a particular we have another benefit here uh, when you look at this as a as a parallel to Spokane. Spokane is an isolated city in eastern Washington. Um, there are not a lot of nearby metros. Um, you know, Seattle is on the other side of the state. I don't know. I don't recall what the drive is. Four hours plus or more, probably. You know. Greater Springfield has this strategic geographical opportunity where, you know, it's the same distance. It's, it's just a couple of hours to either Boston Garden or Madison Square Garden, you know, and you have this access to both Boston and New York. And I think if we're able to, over time, become a destination that has a familiarity from the basketball communities in, in, those, in, in those places and points in between, um, you have the ability to really elevate this. And, and the idea that, you know, coming to Springfield for Hooplandia every summer is something of a pilgrimage or a rite of passage for, for basketball 
fans and players is is certainly something that we'll look to deliver. And if we're able to deliver that, I think that will also help give us some uplift. Um, Spokane also had an interesting uh, advantage over time um, uh, that that there is probably some comparable to here too, George, which is you know Nike being from Portland, Oregon, in a pretty close proximity to, to Spokane, and started out as largely a Pacific Northwest company that that grew into a global titan. You know, was able to kind of bring a little bit of, of juice to that event, and you know, I think we will have the opportunity. And it's 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 not just sponsorship; it's really more cultural. You know, where if you have the leading names and brands uh, in basketball all participating, that will generate a lot of visibility, a lot of uh, uh, authenticity and authority. Um, you know, I've mentioned that, uh, you know, I've, I've been to Spokane a couple of times and uh, I was there one year and, and Kevin Durant, you know, who's an NBA star, future Hall of Famer, was playing in the tournament you know, he on a registered team. And that was a summer activity of his, you know, I think if we're able to over time have some, you know, household names playing, participating, visiting, coming in and being a part of it, that that too will, will probably give us, uh, give us a, an additional lift, some additional rocket fuel. And we have, again, with our close proximity to these major markets and population centers, that's possible. And I think that's really the goal. Well, the Celtics should just about be getting through playing in the NBA championship around that same time. Yeah. Year. Maybe they can go from there. Your lips to, to your the, lips your lips to Red's ears. <laughs> right from there to the Hooplandia tournament. So That's right. Anyway, uh, it sounds like a great plan. Um, what are the next steps in the project? Registration starts when? Registration will start in March of next okay. year. Um, we've got um, uh, some plans over the balance of the fall to, to go out and start some outreach. We've already, in a funny way, we're almost ahead of where we were in 2019 uh, because there was a certain familiarity and a, and, and, a, and a desire by a lot of folks in the basketball world to see this still continue to happen. And so when they heard the news of it, they quickly rallied and said, Hey, you know, let's, let's get involved here quickly. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get through the fair, this fall and then uh as we head into winter which is traditional basketball season we'll start the outreach and the engagement and um gear ourselves up for registration in the spring um it's you know we uh you know each of these courts these three-on-three courts have a physical a temporary mobile physical basketball rim and hoop unit um associated with them of course that's how you shoot that's you know it's like you, you see it at your playground or your driveway well, we actually started building those in 2019. Um, so it's funny, you know, like those units are actually, all the units are already built. You know, wow. we ha- you know so, so, so there were some advantages of this delay in a sense of we've been able to take a few things off the table. And, and, uh, and I think we'll really just sort of focus a lot of our attention on the engagement and recruitment of teams and, and uh, communication with people around the basketball world. Okay. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of, sustain momentum from 2019 and hopefully this will carry over and like you said it, it sounds if this was going to succeed anywhere it would succeed yeah. here so it's such a natural here i'm i i i'm i'm i uh i'm excited and hopeful that the community will embrace it it's you know when you if you traveled the traveled the world and you were talking about springfield massachusetts chances are you'll find yourself at some point in that conversation talking about basketball and you know, so if if there's an opportunity for us to celebrate it and to create 
you know, literally um, complete engagement with no barrier to entry. Anybody can participate in this event. Anybody can come watch the event. Um, you know, the ability to, to see basketball played and celebrated and, and, you know, shots going up in the air and people laughing and having fun and high-fiving and, and, uh, and so on. I mean, this is the place where, where, where it should happen. And I'm, ex- and I'm excited for Springfield to have this opportunity. All right. We'll continue. Good luck to you. You're, uh, Thank you, sir. Doing one giant countdown clock in downtown West Springfield. We'll get, we'll get yeah, one of those going. Not a bad idea. We'll get one going. Okay, Mark, thank you again thank for you. coming on. We'll have you on maybe closer to the event next year and kind of, kind it's of a ramp deal. up into those things. It's a great story. All Thanks right. for having me. Thank you again. And thank you to all of you for listening. This has been another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local and sponsored by People's Bank. Special thanks to them. So I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time.